Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of the Adam's Mystery Playhouse podcast. Adam's Mystery Playhouse is Colorado's only full-time mystery dinner theater. I am your co-host, as always, Nick Guida, and with me today, for a change, Marn Wilsquayar. And how are you today, Marn? <laughs> I've decided I'm just going to howl all of the time. Waiting till 8 o'clock. I, I can't wait any longer. I'm just going to go around and howl constantly. Okay. <laughs> I can wait. But if you can, I, I understand. You know what I say, Martin? Everyone's different. <laughs> I know. You said that earlier, and we all took it the wrong way. And I didn't think I was ever going to get to say it again. Now, Martin, I can't imagine we have any guests with us today. But we do, Nick. We have a returning guest, and his name is Chris Halling. How are you today, Chris? Oh, well, I'm good now. Thank you for asking. Oh, Chris, did you know after your episode, did you hear about the flood of, of emails requesting you to return? <laughs> you mean both of them? Well, no. Well, there were more than both of them. There were. Oh. I got one from a Mr. and Mrs. Halling. Oh, oh. Katie sent one. Your and wife. Of course, <laughs> your wife. Yeah. Well, actually, I got three from you, if you'll remember. Yeah, I did. Because yeah, you, you were afraid the first two didn't make it through. I, I, was, I, didn't. I was afraid the first one was lonely, I think. Uh, I didn't know your dad's first name was Mr. <laughs> yes, a uh, uh, descendant of Dr. Uh, and and Ms. Miss, Miss, yep, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Holling. All right. Well, I'm fresh out of material. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That was that was the podcast. Thanks for thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be we're gonna be done even sooner than you thought, Mark. <laughs> so much for that time crunch. What are we gonna talk about today? You know, we <laughs> talked about some other things the last time, and they got they got um, destroyed. That's true. But, but where, where were we? Yeah, we, uh, yeah it's the thing. I don't remember what they were. So uh, the only thing I do for sure remember was I, I was actually asking Nick about what his favorite character was to perform. I know that didn't get recorded. Favorite character. Hmm. I have to say one. I don't have a favorite character, but I'm not doing that explanation again because it was boring the first time. (laughs) So one of my, I'll maybe give you a couple of my favorite characters. One is Julian Blood from Murder at Haunted Blood Mansion. That's one of my favorites. You've been in that. You were in that. Oh, you were in this show too. This is a favorite one of mine. Uh, Welcome to Murder Mortuary, which is Mm. one of my all-time favorite shows. And it's Dr. Orlock, which is when I get to do my Boris Karloff impression. And the way that started was Almarn's fault. Because, yeah, we did. Remember when we did the Halloween party for Tom Shane? His birthday's on Halloween. Mm -hmm. And somehow you decided I was going to go sing the Monster Mash. Uh, kind of behind my back, if I remember correctly. And that was actually one of the best monster match, and I'd never done it before. But because uh, Douglas, remember Douglas Mclemore, the pianist? Ah, oh, yes. He went on that job, and that's the only time in my life I ever sang the monster mash to live accom- accompaniment, and it was actually quite good. So I was like, we need to write a mystery where I can play Boris Karloff. And that's how the show came about. But part of the show was Dr. Orlock 
had just been released from prison, and I would go and I would walk up to people and I would say, I, I was just released from prison on Tuesday from Supermax. <laughs> and they would, and then, and then people would usually say, well, what, for, for what? And I, uh, or what did you do? That's what they would say. What did you do? And I would say, I was completely innocent of all charges. And I would say that for hundreds of shows. And so there's this woman wandering around the lobby one night. It's, it kind of looks lost. And, and, and I walk up to her and I go, how do you do? I'm Dr. Orlock. And I go through my whole spiel of, I was just released from Supermax. And, and she's just like staring at me. And I said, of course, I was innocent of all charges. And she looked at me and she goes, yes, we had a very good friend who was sent to prison and he was innocent. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, like, and I, I was like, I never had a joke bombed as horribly ever as that one. And I went, oh, yes, yes, that's that's terrible <laughs> kind of just, kind of just slinked away from her but those are two of my uh, favorite characters slash shows so there's a there's an example of me That's what fun. makes what makes me tick <laughs> well yeah. you know speaking of uh, monster mashes and uh, marn doing things behind your back uh there was one time that i got a phone call said i i need you for for this performance and funny thing, it's at your old high school. We're doing it for, for Halloween. I don't know if Martin even remembers this at all. Uh, but they wanted to make sure that they had some characters that were walking around that was like... Uh, it was like for After Prom, wasn't it? And, yeah, yes. I think so. Yes, for yes. For After Prom. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, she she said it's it's going to be at your old high school, and it'll be it'll be great, and it'll be perfect. And I just I just we need scary people to walk around. And I was, okay, is there is there like a plot or so, is this like a show? Like, no, you you just have to have to be there and and look scary and and scare kids, but not too much. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I guess I can do that. And then we get there, and I I dress up in my what was it, it was a a wolf in grandma's clothing. Because right. I believe the costuming is a little easier, so I had some some wolf gloves and a mask <laughs> and like a, a draping giant nighty. And uh, I I remember asking like, okay, did my am, am I interacting with these these kids? Like, what am I doing? Oh no, just just scare them. You're going like this. What is my motivation? <laughs> right. Am I? Do I secretly want to be friends with these kids as the werewolf? Are they my new friends? I just need to get in the in the spirit of the character. And uh, so, because we ultimately decided that the werewolf couldn't talk, and maybe it's because I was talking too much, then uh, I spent the entire set of about three or four hours just jumping out and and making this terrible awful sound with the back of my throat and scaring kids which worked great but then i was hoarse for like two days after that for not saying anything my favorite part of the story is well then it was decided that i can't talk (laughs) (laughs) because i was talking too much (laughs) yeah uh, that's chris for you yeah, yeah. So I, I, I guess I didn't have the opportunity to actually shine as the deeper thought, <laughs> like the deep thought process 
werewolf. No, we don't think these things through, Chris. We just do them, okay? We, you're, <laughs> you go out there. What would a wolf in grandma's clothing do in that situation? And you just go with it. Uh, yeah, I think he tried to lure the kids in there. It's it's always that little Red Riding Hood has a conversation with the wolf. The wolf can talk. The my, what great big teeth you have, the better to eat you with. But but this werewolf was. I guess he was like the younger brother that just had a speech impediment. Or something. <laughs> well, you just said, though, see, in, in uh, Little Red Riding Hood, it, it's not a werewolf. It's a wolf, which wolves, of course, would talk. <laughs> but, 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 nev- but never a werewolf. Oh, that's, that's Yeah, you clear. messed up again. See, where were you to explain this to me? That was the problem. And that's, uh, I don't know. That's a good question because... <laughs> Usually, that's what I do is I give people their motivation, and the next thing you know, they're playing the role exactly as I intended them to. <laughs> yeah, right. I do remember, actually, a different uh, occasion. You're talking about, uh, we, we don't plan these things out. There was one occasion we had, a, there was a private show, and I think somebody backed out at the last second. And uh, I get a phone call from Marn. says, I, I need you here for a show. It's, it's in two hours. <laughs> okay i i guess yeah i i think i can make that and it's a show i'd never done before and i believe i i had to i remember distinctly having a the yacht captain hat handed to me um and i'm trying to remember what the character was for it but i remember it was being handed to me and <laughs> marn marn said okay uh are you ready let's let's get going downstairs we're, we're gonna open up the doors in about 10 minutes i said okay yeah but can i can I see the script? She goes, yeah, there's no time. You'll be fine. And <laughs> I did the show. And I... And you I, were great. I, you don't apparently... Know, you, don't, you don't know <laughs> yeah. what the show was? I, it, I remember having the captain's hat. So I wonder if it was a luau-type show. Are we sure it wasn't the original Who Wants to Murder a Millionaire? I think... I think Chris was in grade school when we did that show. Because <laughs> <laughs> Millionaire's pretty old. yeah. I have one I wonder if you remember because I I thought this was funny and I think I did this to you but we booked <laughs> we booked you on a private show in the William Simpson room right across from my office you were going to be the detective I think it was actually the first time you were ever going to be the detective and you called me and asked oh. me what the group did and I told you and I knew this the whole time <laughs> and I told I I said well this is what they do and you go deadly seriously well that's weird that's what my dad does and I went huh <laughs> <laughs> and then you got there, and it was your dad's company holiday party, <laughs> and I didn't tell you in advance. Yeah, I I do recall all of that actually. Yeah, I, and that was that's a that's a hard show to do in the first place. That's the hardest detective piece I've I've had to do because it's really difficult when you have the eight people in there it's so focused on you and keeping up the energy and me not going no dad that's not right (laughs) we're trying to adjust it at that point yeah it was i was i was glad to be thrown to the werewolves in my opinion the smaller the crowd the harder the show it just uh (laughs) until you get to like 600 people up and then those get hard also sure guys what show is it that uh, we say the the line is, I just wanted to play with the horn. What? <laughs> what? Nick, you know, or it, is it, what's the one? 
we, play with the it's, horns. Yeah, it's a, it's a recent yeah. show that we've been doing of, uh, oh, I know what it is. It's in made-for-TV holiday homicide, and what? doesn't... What? what part of it? it he, no, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, I was is in it, that show, but I... Is uh, it an EMT that says, I just like to play with the horn? Oh, oh the, the siren. siren. Oh, the siren. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because the horn sounds kind of yeah, naughty. That, that's <laughs> that's a totally different prop and gag. Yeah. <laughs> I just like yeah. to play with the horn. Yeah, no, that's the siren in in uh, it's which, the siren. Which show is that? That's, that's uh, made for TV. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, it an audience EMT. member who says that? Oh, the EMT. Right. Yeah. Okay, it's, yeah. it's the EMT in the audience. Okay, because every time the audience member says that line, I think of Chris. I'm I'm glad you do because if you watch my facial expression when they say that line because I, I for for those that have never seen the show it's an it's an EMT and the the question is well why why is it that you became an EMT did you find your calling and they give their reasons of I wanted to help people and I I I just like to play with the siren and if you watch my facial expression when that happens I point at them I'm like yeah yeah I get that. I know. That makes I know. sense. <laughs> I, and I do watch your facial expression because you're also an EMT and fireman by day. And I can just picture you wanting to play with a siren because you're just that's, a big kid. Uh, that is that is very true. Yeah. All those things. Yeah, that's that's why he had to leave the uh, parking patrol because there, <laughs> there was nothing to play with. <laughs> that, that was such a terrible job. <laughs> I know you. I remember. And I, if I'm not mistaken here you can tell me if i am didn't you go to the city and tell them they were doing it all wrong (laughs) (laughs) no no, not that's such a terrible way to put that (laughs) yeah Yeah, not outright okay no they they had trained me to make sure that you that you educate don't dominate was their phrase and i took a lot of time to talk with people and say this is what's going on go ahead and go about your day don't worry about it i'm glad i was able to talk to you and more often than not people would thank me after they're done cursing me out okay well thank you for taking the time even though this sucks and uh then i was fired from that job because <laughs> I did not issue enough tickets. They don't have a quota, and I wasn't dominating. But uh, that's 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 why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew I, that was. I, I knew that's why you lost the job because you went and said, "You know, I've got a few pointers on how to run <laughs> parking in this city." <laughs> well, I like that. Educate, don't do- don't dominate. I think we should take that on, Nick, and as part of our credo here. Uh, doing theater like we won't educate we'll just dominate (laughs) dominate don't educate (laughs) oh oh dominate don't educate yeah that's right (laughs) but you know what speaking of made for tv holiday homicide i don't know how chris you pulled this off but i I don't know either (laughs) what are we talking about (laughs) well well well, the you were playing what's the name of the character you were norman no Yes, oh, Norman, yes, Norman. Norman B. Cheney. That's right. <laughs> Norman B. Cheney. And um, Nick said, well, how should we costume that character? And I said, well, let's do the Mr. Rogers sweater because Mr. <laughs> the movie's coming out about Mr. Rogers and it's such a hot thing. So we get the sweater and you put on the light blue shirt like we asked you to and the tie and everything. And all the other, with the part sharing, and there were two other guys that played that, but you... 
invariably, you were the only one that got, people would say, well, you know, had to have been him because he, he looks like Mr. Rogers. I don't know how you <laughs> pulled that off. Nobody else did. I, I was I, I don't know I didn't see everybody else's the the other two guys costumes but I was very careful to look at specifically the the trailer that was coming out and such to match to the red sweater and so I had the right tie I combed my hair the right way I had the right shoes uh, and I made sure I was clean shaven for it and uh, I the thing that just blew my mind about that show is I have never been hit on more as a character in any of the other shows that I've done with you guys. I got hit on often in that show. <laughs> as Mr. Rogers. As Mr. Rogers, which I, I can only be convinced, but I don't know if it's because there's this uh this like, oh he's he's so caring and I it's it's uh, uh I, I'm trying to figure out how to say it without being inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I actually witnessed because I've heard these, sto- I've heard stories from a lot of performers about their popularity, but I actually, wit- I, I actually witnessed him getting hit on, like a man and two women, and they came up and to Chris, and we're going across the street to the bar, and my friend thinks you're really cute. He's actually saying all this to him, and I was wondering if you'd like to join us, and I was standing there in my mind going. I don't believe it. It's true. All these years, <laughs> all these years, I thought he was lying. And and he goes, but he goes, well, because I think at this point you had your fire, firefighter slash para, para, paramedic personality on. That's very kind, but uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm married. You said it very seriously. It's almost like the next sentence should have been, and I, I take marriage seriously. <laughs> well, I do. Well, I have a topper for that, Chris. In this last run of um, They Came From Below, when I played, what was the name of my character, Nick? Kitty? Kitty Kilgallen. Kitty Kilgallen, that's right. And three millennials. um, I don't remember. I think it was two women and a man. But they said I had a nice behind. And they didn't say it that way, though. They said... They said you have the best butt in the whole cast, or something like that. Wow! And yeah, well, yeah. And unfortunately, Marna had to put on her paramedic face and said, "Well, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm I'm married, <laughs> and I take that seriously." <laughs> I should have kept it because there was a comment card that said, "If I," and they put their phone number on it and said, "If he's single, have him call me." Ooh. And, wow. And they described him, you know, it was very clear it was me. It I, I can't remember, but there's a, a good chance it happened during the senior ride. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the RTD senior ride. But I'm not sure. But we have to. We have to now move on. That was a lot of fun today. Uh, but we need to move on to our popular segment, which, of course, is the mini mystery. The name of today's mystery is Accidental Death. Marn is the narrator, Chris is policeman, and I, of course, will be Professor Fordney. Here we go with accidental death. Returning to town late one night, Professor Fordney was driving along an unfrequented road when the sight of a motorcycle policeman examining a car in a ditch caused him to stop and offer his services. Joining the policeman, he found that a man, obviously the driver, had been thrown through the windshield 
and was lying about six feet from the car. After a brief examination, Fordney stated, Notice the terrible cut about the man's head. The jugular vein is completely severed. The bent steering wheel, shattered glass, and the blood on the front seat and the floor of the car are mute evidence of the tragedy. The speedometer had stopped at 62. A search of the body revealed nothing unusual except that the man wore only one glove. The other could not be found. The professor was pondering this when the policeman remarked, I'm reporting this as an accidental death. Is that how you see it, sir? And I think you'd better change that to murder. In the absence of any further evidence, it seems to be pretty clearly indicated. Murder? I don't understand how you make that out. After explaining his reason, the professor returned to his car and drove down the wide, smooth highway toward home and a good night's rest. Fordney's deduction was confirmed when the missing glove and the murderer were found. Well, there you go. That mystery was a little different today. How had Professor Fordney arrived at his startling conclusion? Well, there you are. Another episode in the box with a bow on it. A, a pretty bow. A pretty bow. I think the pretty was implied. If it's a bow, it's not going to be ugly. Best bow. <laughs> What's that? Best bow. Best bow. I have the best bow. Best in All right. bow. All right. Well, anyway, uh, I th I would like to thank our guests. Let's, let's thank them individually. Let's start with Chris. <laughs> Chris? Thank oh. you for join thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me here. And thank you, Marn. Thanks, Nick. It's been fun. Thank you, Chris. And don't forget to join us for our next episode of the Adams Mystery Playhouse Podcast. Dun, 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 dun.